Hey everybody, my name is Dwayne Burkhardt and you are watching and or listening to the May 8th, 2023 edition of the Rugby Report. In this episode, it is playoff time in Europe as the postseason gets underway in the URC, including a genuine, oh my god, holy crap wow, are you kidding me, shocker. We'll also have a look at round 12 in the MLR, and then we'll finish with a very exciting weekend of action in Super Rugby. But we will begin in Europe where the URC quarterfinals got underway on Friday night when number 2 Ulster hosted number 7 Connacht. And before I tell you about this game, I have two things I want to say. First, this is Andrew Brace. Brace was the head ref for this game and, in my opinion, did the best job of officiating a rugby game that I have seen in a very, very long time. Yes, I would concede that many of the calls probably didn't test either his observational or cognitive skills, which is to say that they were easy calls to make, but the fact is that he got them all right. He was also extremely respectful of the fact that this was a postseason game and showed impressive restraint on several occasions. I'd never heard Brace's name before this weekend, but I am immediately hoping that he will be a Rugby World Cup official later this year. Now the second thing I want to do before I talk about this game is to play a clip for you. This is what I had to say about this game on the Rugby Report just two weeks ago today. I will be paying the most attention to as second rank Ulster will host number seven Connacht. And while I have to admit that the odds in this game favor Ulster, if there's one game where I have just a funny feeling that an upset is at least possible, it's this one. Uh huh. That's right. I told you so. Now, separate of my impressive prescience and prognostication skills, this was also one of the best URC rugby games that I've seen in a long time. Yes, both teams made a significant number of handling errors in this game, and it was absolutely not a high-scoring affair. But it was an impressive defensive battle. In fact, there was only one try in the entire game, and that was quite late. From the beginning, though, you just had the feeling that this was Connick's night. It wasn't a dominating performance by any stretch, but they were simply able to control possession and position a little bit better. To be clear... Both teams had a number of chances deep in their opponent's territory, and this game could have just as easily had a much higher score. But in the end, Connacht's five penalty kicks and incredible defense, particularly at the very end of the game, were enough to pull off the shocking upset as they took down and took out Ulster. Full-time score, Ulster 10, Connacht 15. Saturday's action began in South Africa, where the number three DHL Stormers hosted the number six Pretoria Blue Bulls. The Stormers frankly struggled in several of their final games in the regular season, where the Bulls were, well, trampling some of their competition. But this is the postseason, and the Stormers were ready to step up their game when the whistle blew. They got out to a comfortable lead relatively early, and they held it. Full-time score, Stormers 33, Bulls 21. Next up, top-ranked Leinster hosted the number 8 Sharks. Did I say hosted or roasted? Yeah, I don't know if you can or should roast Shark, but whatever it is you do to them, that's what Leinster did. This game was never in question. Full-time score, Leinster 35, Sharks 5. And finally, the number 4 Glasgow Warriors again found themselves facing number 5 Munster. 
These two teams met just six weeks ago when the Warriors won on the road. How did the rematch go? Well, not great for the Warriors. Once again, in this rivalry of evenly matched foes, it was the visitors who had the upper hand, and Munster now advances to the semifinal round. The full-time score was Glasgow 5, Munster 14. Looking ahead to the semifinal round next weekend, in beating Ulster yesterday, Connacht has won the right to play another day. But they're going to have to take a heck of a plane ride to do it, as they head all the way to South Africa now to face these suddenly resurgent Stormers. And as much as I like Connacht, that's going to be a hard game for them to win. And in the other semifinal, it's an all-Irish affair as Leinster hosts Munster. Normally I'd tell my Munster friends that, hey, you never know. There's always a chance. That's why they play the game. You know, stuff like that. But folks, I will be flat out shocked if Leinster loses this game. We'll hop over the Atlantic Pond now and check in with the MLR here in the USA. Once again, there are only four games this weekend as the teams take turns on spring break. Weekend action began in Atlanta, where the Chicago Hounds came to town looking for just their second win of the season. And they're going to keep looking. Full-time score was Atlanta 27, Chicago 12. Next up, the Dallas Jackals, who are still looking for their first win of the season, welcomed the D.C. Old Glory to the Big D. And once again, Dallas came oh so close, but no cigar. The Old Glory struggled, but they did just enough. And the full-time score was Dallas 3, D.C. 7. And finally yesterday, the game of the week in the USA, a huge Western Conference matchup between the always dangerous Utah Warriors and the team that I told everyone to watch out for at the beginning of this season, the league-leading San Diego Legion. The Warriors have made some serious noise in the West this season, but would they have enough to take down the conference leaders? No. No, they would not. To be clear, the Warriors were game and they remain a threat in the West, but the Legion were many, and certainly enough to win this game. Full-time score was Warriors 16, Legion 26. There is, of course, one more game in the MLR this weekend, but as usual, it is going on as we record this broadcast. So our viewers will see the results, while I can only tell you that the New York Ironworkers are facing off against the streaky Nola Gold. Having a look now at the MLR standings, San Diego and New England continue to pull away in their respective divisions, but again, the battle below them for the remaining playoff spots continues to be... active. We'll finish our weekend coverage with Super Rugby, where Round 11 began with my two favorite teams, the Chiefs and Highlanders, meeting in my favorite stadium, Forsyth Bar in Dunedin. The Chiefs are 9-0 for the first time in franchise history, and those nine wins also tie their longest winning streak ever. Well, until now. My Highlanders had game, and they certainly played with heart and determination. They started the game very well, and they had moments where they really did hang with the league's very best. And they did score more points than the Chiefs normally give up. But as previously noted, the Chiefs are simply playing on a completely different level right now, and the full-time score was Highlanders 28, Chiefs 52. Damian McKenzie scored his 1,000th point in this game. Congratulations, DMAC. And it's worth noting that he attained that impressive milestone in such a short time, despite having missed two whole seasons, one with injury and one in Japan. 
But what's truly amazing about McKenzie is how he continues to evolve as a player. When he first exploded onto the rugby scene, he was nothing less than one of the most incredible offensive threats in the history of the game. Then, as he recovered from a devastating injury, he emerged as a far more balanced player and the best defensive backfield player that I've ever seen. And now, McKenzie is becoming a master at distributing the ball, drawing defenses to him, and then finding open teammates to advance and score. McKenzie is now one of the most complete backfield players in the league, and it is amazing to think about this fact. He has almost certainly still not yet reached his full potential. Next up, the Drua welcomed the Hurricanes to town, and once again, their town, their stadium, and their fans were rocking. The stadium area holds a maximum of about 10,000 people, but when they cheer on the Drua, they sound more like 50,000. The Drua have already won a couple of truly exciting games at home this year, and unlike their last several games, when they started slowly, they finally seemed to come to this game ready to play on time. And it showed. The Drua led 7-5 at the break, but then the Hurricanes woke up, took control, and stepped out to a 10-point lead. Then normally, that'd be it. But not today. The Drua were simply relentless, and in the heat of the Fijian afternoon, and with a crowd screaming at the top of its lungs in support, they came all the way back and won this game. Full-time score, drew a 27, Hurricanes 24. Next up, the Crusaders returned home after a tough loss to the Chiefs. And as I said last week, I sure wouldn't have wanted to be their opponents this weekend. The victims in this case were the Western Force, who stood no chance against the Crusaders. The Force were game early on, but once the Crusaders got going, they simply dominated this game. And the full-time score was Crusaders 48, Force 13. So, before I talk about the next game, I need to apologize to both the Blues and the Pacifica fans, because my preview of their game was accidentally cut out of last week's podcast, although viewers on YouTube did at least get to see my prediction. Now, had you heard my preview, and had you watched only the first 30 minutes of this game, you might have thought, yeah, that's about right, because the Blues had a big lead and seemed to be in complete control. But then, Pacifica, the comeback kids, the team that made the end of their last game against the Rebels ridiculously more exciting than it looked like it was going to be, did it again. They scored two tries in just minutes and went into halftime tied and in the second half, the once again consistently inconsistent Blues went toe-to-toe and back and forth against a team that they frankly should have crushed. In fact, were it not for two yellow cards in the game's closing minutes and a penalty try that literally decided the game, Moana Pacifica would, and I'm sure that there are people this morning saying they should, have had their first victory of the season. Instead, it was the Blues who barely hung on and barely won. Full-time score, Blues 31, Pacifica 30. We finished the weekend with not one, but two 
good old-fashioned old Aussie Dobbies. In the first, the New South Wales Waratahs traveled up from Sydney to Townsville to take on the Queensland Reds. In my preview, I noted that on paper, the Reds were the better team. But my gut told me that the Taz were better than their stats. And the truth is that, frankly, right now, they're pretty evenly matched. Which is why this turned out to be a highly competitive back-and-forth game. It was all knotted up at 17 at the break, but early in the second half, the Taz scored a breakaway try, and then later added another, and then they kind of held on for the victory. But they got it. Full-time score, Reds 24, Waratahs 32. And finally, the Melbourne Rebels returned home to face the Canberra Brumbies in a game that I absolutely did not pick to be a thriller, and I was wrong. The Rebels have started to feel like they're on the verge of becoming a much, much better side of late, and they certainly showed it in this game. The Brumbies, who are still the best Aussie team by a ways, brought their A game, and after giving up a try in the early minutes, put their foot down and responded with a couple of tries of their own. But the Rebels did not lie down and take it. They fought back, and they kept fighting back. And when a critical mistake by the Brumbies late in the contest made it a one-possession game, well, the Rebels became possessed. And in the closing minutes, they had multiple chances right on the try line to tie the game. But when they needed it most, the Brumbies were able to muster just enough defense to escape, and I mean escape from Melbourne with the win. Full-time score, Rebels 26, Brumbies 33. I also have one rather silly note from this game, and it came right at halftime when one of the Brumbies players literally had his jersey completely torn off of him, and it inadvertently wrapped up and concealed the ball. But that wasn't even the funniest part. No, the funny part was when the ref blew his whistle and literally said, and I am quoting him here, you can't play on with a player with his top off. And that's halftime. Folks, I've been a huge rugby fan for more than a decade now, and I have to tell you, that is absolutely the first time that I have heard that rule. So, for future reference, rugby is apparently not clothing optional. Checking in on my Super Rugby predictions now, I came into round 11 42-12 and 12 on the season. And this week I was... 5-1 and one again. Only the Drua kept me from a perfect week, and that's okay with me, guys. Brings me to 47-13 and 13 overall. Having a quick look at the Super Rugby table now, the Chiefs are definitely pulling away in first, but the battle for the number two spot remains close, with only two points separating the Brumbies from the Blues, who are only one point ahead of the Crusaders, who are only one point up on the Hurricanes, whose narrow loss to the Drua has now dropped them back to fifth. And then, again, there is the huge gap before we get to the Waratahs, Reds, and now the Drua in the 6th, 7th, and 8th spots, with the Rebels and the Highlanders just two points back and now tied for ninth in that battle for the last postseason spot. Round 12 in Super Rugby will begin in Hamilton, where the Chiefs, who have now won 10 straight for the first time in franchise history, Look to make it 11 as the Queensland Reds come to town. And they will. The Chiefs will win this game. Next up, the Force return to Perth to face the Drua. Both teams have struggled on the road this year. 
but both have also found their groove at home. Will that continue? Maybe. This is a tough one to call. But since my gut steered me right last week, I'll trust it again, and I'm going to say that the Drua will sail into Perth and sail out with the W. Drua win. Next up, the Hurricanes host Moana Pacifica. Pacifica have been playing some inspired rugby in the last several weeks, but they have no wins to show for it. The Canes had better take this game seriously, or they could find themselves getting shocked for the second week in a row. But they know that, and the Canes are not likely to make the same mistake twice in a row. Hurricanes win. Next, a key rematch with major playoff implications as the Crusaders host the Blues. And I think that this game comes down to which Crusaders and which Blues teams show up. Both teams have had serious consistency problems this season. And once again, the stats say that the Blues should rise to the occasion. And part of me thinks they will. But the Crusaders just seem to be a tiny bit more consistent right now. And they'll be at home. So unless the real Blues really show up, I think that the Crusaders will step up and they will win this game. Crusaders win. Next up, the Waratahs return to Sydney to host the Melbourne Rebels in yet another game that is tough to call. I think I've described the Rebels as better than their record almost every week this season. And in fairness, they are. But at some point, you have to start playing the way you're capable of playing. And the Rebels just haven't yet. While the Taz suddenly seem to be improving. I could be wrong here. But I'm going to go with the Taz to win their third in a row here. Waratahs win. Finally next week, the Canberra Brumbies welcome my Highlanders to town. The Brumbies just survived yet another scare in Melbourne. And frankly, they may not be as good as their record at this point. And my Highlanders? Well, they're certainly capable of going into Canberra and stealing a game on the road. But much as I love my team, I don't see them doing it this week. I'd love for you to prove me wrong, boys. But until then, Brumbies win. And once again, that's it, folks. That's all the time we have. Now, before we go, I have a programming announcement to make. This coming weekend, one of my children is getting married. And after that, my wife and I are taking a brief vacation. So, my duties as father of the bride and my first vacation in almost a year mean that the Rugby Report will be taking a two-week break. We will resume our normal rugby obsession on May 29th when I promise you I will have a lot of rugby to talk about. Until then, thanks for watching and or listening to the May 8th, 2023 edition of The Rugby Report. And remember, if you're reading a book about anti-gravity, you may find it hard to put down. See you next time. Bloopers! And we'll finish with a very exciting weekend act of... And I f***ed up right away. Oh, man. Well, guess we'll just do it again. Brace was one of the head refs. He was not one of the head refs. He was the head ref. There aren't multiple head refs. You can only have... Or a multiple-headed ref? No, it sometimes seemed like he had multiple heads. I'm just talking now. We're going to do it again.
game, and in my opinion, did the best job of officiating a rugby game. Rugby? Rugby? A rugby game? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's going to be one of those days. Well, blooper reel will be longer, I guess. Africa, where the number three DHL Stormers hosted the number six Pretoria Blue Bulls. Bubbles? Bubbles? Blue Bulls? The Blue Bulls. The Blue Bulls. It's two different words, and I'm going to do it again after I drink. Because <laughs> I need a drink. Top-ranked Langster. Langster? Langster? <laughs> Langster? Wow. It wasn't even one of the harder names. We'll finish our weekend now. Oh, we won't. We'll not finish our weekend now. We have plenty of more stuff to talk about. I'm not finishing now. Damn it, I'm not going anywhere. <sighs> that's a sign that a man... That's, that's a man who needs tea. That's what that is. In the first, New South Wales... The rebels have started to feel like they're the the rebels. The Melbourne rebels returned home to face the Canberra bum. <laughs> the Canberra bumblebees. No, they're brumbies. That's it's brumbies. I know. I've been there. The Melbourne rebels returned home to face the Canberra brum. Oh, I did it again. Canberra Brumbies. It's not like I haven't said this 50 times already this season. Checking in on my rugby... My rugby? <laughs> my rugby what? What? <sighs> I came in into round 11. I came into the room. It's too many words. There's too many words coming out of my mouth too fast. 